Welcome, adventurer, listener, and kindred soul. You are listening to Starlight, a Dungeons and Dragons space opera podcast on the Ink and Virtue Network. Whether a new friend or an old one, we are glad to have you along for the adventures. The Ink and Virtue Network is dedicated to delivering stories of epic proportions straight to you. Whether it's listening to the impromptu adventures of Squad Luma or diving into the manuscripts of an author, there is something here for everyone. You can support the show by rating it, sharing it with a friend, or finding your way to our network's coffee page where donations help us to keep the magic alive. We appreciate you, and fare thee well, Spacer. Travel safely across the great expanse. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Welcome back to Starlight. We are excited to be back here. I know it's been a bit of a time gap here, both out of game and in game, uh, but we'll get to that soon enough. We appreciate you sticking around. As usual, this podcast has been helped massively and been sponsored by the Heroes Journal. Um, And we are just so proud to be representing their brand and sharing them with you. If you want to check them out, they're pretty awesome. I mean, the books are an art piece. But anyways, no need to hear that from me. You can go check that out in the links below. In the studio, there's only two of us. Kind of like last week's episode. Courtney, how you doing? I'm kind of freaking out about this episode, but I'm trying to stay cool about it. Other than that, I'm good. Life is good. Baby's good. Yeah? Yeah. Life is good. How are you? Doing well. At this point, we are either in the middle of a move to North Carolina, or we are there. So life has been completely thrown upside down as I am pursuing a new opportunity in the sports world. So yeah, it's been a whirlwind, and but I'm really glad we have the touchstone of this story to come back to. Yeah, I imagine at this point, my hair is like frazzled and you and I are either much closer or much farther apart. Yeah, hopefully not that one. But anyways, enough with our life update. Um, Why don't we get into this game? But first, Courtney, tell us a little bit about who you are playing. I am playing... Ray Byrne. She is a rogue synth. She is probably curled up in the fetal position right now trying to figure out what to do with her life. She has 63 hit points. And this is uh, new as of level 7. Mm-hmm. Okay. And her other new skill is she now has evasion, which means that she 
in a situation where she needs to evade something in the area, she has a dexterity saving throw. And if she fails, she gets half the damage. And if she succeeds, she gets no damage. So basically, she's undefeatable. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Cool. So, why don't we jump into this episode of Starlight? Neuralink, recall latest memories. Accessing. Paths diverge for Squad Luma, and for Ray, all now hangs in the balance. Falling into a fit of rage, Jorstak piloted the Destiny, Fablegloom's starship, into the side of Outpost Zula, so that he might interrogate everyone at his mercy. But when a series of bad luck afflicts his piloting capabilities, it turns his plan into a ticking time bomb that now leaves everyone dead or on death's doorstep. Abducted, Ray finds herself at Jorstak's mercy as he prepares to make her understand the pain and unfairness set about his people by selling Ray into the very circumstances that formed him. Memories retrieved. Then, before we jump into this game, like I did for Nathan, you receive one point of inspiration. That's very nice of you. Yes, well, you guys overcame a uh, a boss-like scenario, although you guys were expecting that boss to be Fablegloom and not Jorstak. Um, so, and then we were overcome by Jorstak. Yes. Unexpectedly. Yes. Yeah. So I recall. Yep. <laughs> Before we also pick up into the story, there is one more thing. <clears throat> you got your writing utensil out. I got it. Perfect. So, partly in thanks to the inspiring leadership Atlas jumping over you and shielding you, you, Ray, are also an extremely lucky individual. And with that, you receive the lucky feat as gifted from the DM to Ray. Wow. What is that? So, lucky goes something like this. You have an inexplicable luck that seems to kick in at just the right moment i.e. like in the middle of an exploding room. You have three luck points. Whenever you make an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw, you can spend one luck point to roll an additional die 20 with your roll. You can choose to spend one of your luck points after you roll your first die. You do have to do this before the outcome is determined. You can also spend your luck points when attack roll is made against you. Roll a die 20, and then choose whether the attacker uses that roll or theirs. If more than one creature spends a luck point to influence the outcome of a roll, the points cancel each other out, and no additional dice are rolled. And you regain your expended luck points when you finish a long rest. Okay, so these are forever. Yep, every day. Wow. You get three luck points that you can use against an attack roll or to uh for your own rolls that's very generous of you why are you gifting this to me like i said ray was very lucky the past 54 days 
have been a blur for Ray. They have been a drug-induced state where you can barely manage to pee by yourself. When you are not drugged, it is almost as if you are coming out of a of a dream state. And even as you begin to show signs of coming to, that's when the next injection from Jorstak comes to keep you sedated for yours and his safety. At some point, you are able to recall, though through a haze, that he thoroughly checked you over for weapons and confiscated everything. The only thing that he left was Calcifer 2.0 in its messed up state with you. A piece of junk, he called it, as it seemed to no longer work. There are conversations that are had, but you can't really remember all that much. There were lots of questions of why you were working with the guild. You told him, We weren't. We weren't. We were just hired. But he didn't seem to believe you. And at some points, he almost nearly became violent. But, true to his word, never did he actually harm you. Multiple times, he threatened that he would take you to a colony used for growing dragons so that you could see what he went through and the rage that he feels. And all you had to do to get out of it was give him the answers that you needed. Unfortunately, you didn't have those answers because he had built up this entire story about you and Atlas that wasn't true. And so 54 days came and went. And that's, that is how you came to find yourself dropped off on Station 21. A terraformed asteroid modified built onto so that part of it is metallic additions to it with its own different hubs of grown forests and different communities sprouted up. You can vaguely remember catching glimpse as you pass through space and into the false atmosphere of Station 21 that there were plenty of guild security forces hovering about. Although it's hard to tell how many of those guns were facing outward versus inward. Jorstak, before he drops you off, he tells you that you're to be an indentured servant. Nothing too bad, nothing you couldn't work off. Though he does tell you, it is a bit harder now that Triumvirate is gone, and not, not making the dwarves follow the guidelines that they once did. But he shrugs and says, I, I, I know you're an ingenious person, so, you know, like, you're gonna figure it out. But in the meantime, I, I want you to know. You could give me an answer. But, you know what, rude girl? Nope. That's not what's gonna happen, is it? so it is following all of that that you find yourself in a sterile room with a metallic desk that runs across the front various knickknacks and such personal effects upon it there are four pillars in the room 
and this room sits on top of a building of nondescript purposes. You came up through an elevator, and so the walls of this room are all glass and allow you to look out over the compound. The compound itself is very plain. There's nothing scary or anything about it. It's just gray with, you know, a few colorful apparatuses outside. It seems very much to be a place that the guild works. There are plenty of dwarves that have come and gone. And and before you, on the other side of the table, you see a rather tall, actually a very tall dwarf, dressed in a, a jacket of red that runs almost down past his knees. It has a gold trim. He also dons a stole of white that drapes just past the shoulders to the small of his back. Hair is smoothed, oiled, and he has a very Jafar-like beard that comes to a point and two mustache whiskers that flare out probably about an inch past the face on either side. He's reading over the paperwork. He looks at you as you're bound in these laser cuffs that Jorsak left you in. Looks down once more at the papers and he says, Oh, this is quite dreadful. Hmm. You say you weren't sent here of your own will, my darling, but um, it says here that, yes, indeed, that this is uh, all pretty official paperwork from the great houses of uh, crimes begotten in the past. Oh, my dear, I mean, who am I to question such, such stamped and approved and these documents speak for themselves, my dear. Tell me. If you're not actually this indentured servant, then who are you? My name is Ray. And I don't know how I got here. There is a a movement from the side of him. And you can still feel some of the drugs hazing the sides of your vision. And except for the first time you see this other thing, you've heard of creatures like it, but it's, something's different as well. It seems to almost be like a scimitar, but built much bigger than anything you could have imagined. Stands easily two heads higher than a horse. All of the limbs are extremely muscular, and it wears a red jacket similar to the dwarf before you. He just... When you say, my name my is... Name is- Ray Byrne, and I don't know how I got here. That's when the thing, it snorts just... And it has this long staff with a hammer on the end, and it just... hits it on the ground, and that echoes. Oh, oh dear. (laughs) You'll understand, my dear. Our uplifted specimen don't quite like liars. It says here that your name is... Teresa. Teresa Maybell. Why don't we start off with truths only? So, Teresa Maybell, what did you do to end up here? Ray gets a slight smile on her face. If you want me to be Teresa Maybell, I can pretend that I'm Teresa Maybell. 
And I can tell you a whole life of who Teresa Maybell is. But if you want to know who Ray Byrne is, I'm happy to share that story as well. Go ahead and make it persuasion roll. That is a four. <laughs> oh, really? He kind of fingers the side of his mustache, twirls it around, and then when he lets go, it kind of rounds up. I think we will stick with what we have here. It says here, Teresa Maybell, that you are have been arrested for arson, for destruction of property, and, oh, if I, uh, this one should be listed at the top. It says... Grand Starship Auto with a baby on board. <laughs> ah, that's quite the stuff. You know that this, back when the Triumvirate was around, you would have been able to pay this off. But, uh, no, my dear, make no mistake. You're an indentured servant being sold off. And. The noble houses, they are so busy squabbling amongst themselves, trying to gain power, that they forget to pay attention to us or anyone else. No, these are our rules as they go. And given that these these are quite terrible things you have done, I don't think anyone's going to care that you went from existing to suddenly disappearing. No, no, I think we'll have to do quite a lot to pay off your debt. What do I owe? For my hellacious crimes. Well, of course, there is going to be the working in the yards and making sure that all goes well in the building of dragons. It's dangerous work, of course. You mean the destruction of dragon eggs? His face kind of twists for a second. He goes, Excuse me, my dear. Pardon me. I don't think I quite heard you quite right. You mean the retardation and destruction you cause to dragon eggs. Did you hear me? The creature to the side just... (laughs) starts walking over to you. The dwarf... Hidoki Sailorwood, as he introduced himself, raises a hand, each finger covered in rings, raises it, and the centaur creature stops. I heard you, and I would like to know how you know such things. Ray just smiles. Looks like I have something you want as well. Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. That's a six. <laughs> he puts the hand down on the desk with a kunk, and then slowly he curls it into a fist. And the smile never leaves, though the eyes darken. He says, oh, my dear. Well, I think that you will find there are plenty of opportunities and plenty of time to decide to speak your mind. Until then... It doesn't matter what you know, because everyone will think you're absolutely insane. But you know the truth. 
just like I know the truth about who I am, about what, who you are, about what you're doing. And so maybe I could tell you a little bit about who Ray Byrne is. Persuasion roll with disadvantage. Okay. With this being my last persuasion, I'm going to use a luck point. And that's nat 20. Minus three. Oh, I... I suppose I could get myself into some trouble listening to your fanciful stories. Please, would you like some wine? No, but the blood of Jorstak would be nice. Oh, is that the name of the fellow who dropped you off? He called himself Mr. Stack. I suppose that I'm makes sure sense. he did. Mr. Stack. I want you to know, Mr. Hidoki. I intend to kill Mr. Stack. Because he has ruined my life and killed the one person that I could call family. Hmm. So maybe I'll be back here eventually for true crimes that I've committed against Mr. Stack. But for now, I'd love to tell you how I got here. Hidoki snaps. Are you sure you don't want wine? Can you take these cuffs off? Oh, no, you got to drink it as is. Maybe I could get a glass of just juice. Juice would be nice. Ah. And the Sinatar sets about getting all that for you. Hidoki swishes around this glass of red wine and just says, Now, as you were saying... Do you know the Acers? Oh, now you're going to tell me you're a part of them. That's not quite a crime in itself, but I'm sure we could find you connected to quite a few many. I am part of the Acers. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. And the Acers know what you're doing. Oh, do they? And they're coming after you. They're coming after me. Indeed. (sighs) Make an intimidation roll. Eleven. That's very funny indeed. My friend. If you wouldn't mind. The Cenotar walks over. The Cenotar opens up the shirt, revealing rippling pectorals, an eight-pack beneath, plenty of fur just kind of clinging from this muscle, and in the middle of it, not even tattooed on his chest, it's branded in, you see a lotus set atop of a backdrop of almost like a green field is what you would imagine, and then the brand for slave at the four corners. Based on your crash courses with Atlas and the folks at the Kashin, you know that this is an Acer family crest. Is the Acer family crest for the Uji that its headquarters are located on the planet of Varashta in XR1. Oh, the Uji clan from Varashta. Indeed, my darling. Indeed. I didn't say it was this clan coming. You can make another intimidation roll. Mm, that's a six. 
Well, thankfully, the Uji are most adept in political matters. And I think that they are doing a fantastic job weaving in and out of the families. You would be surprised by how many support us in our endeavors. You would be surprised by how many do not support you. But moving on, um, I'm part of the Acers. I joined not too long ago under Mr. Alice Cushin. And got to know him quite well. He is the one who was murdered by Mr. Stack. And um, all of this is relevant to your situation. Oh, how, my dear? It's to tell you who the truth is. Is it Miss Teresa or Ray? So I'm telling you the true story for you to decide... Are you going to believe that I was an arson? I destroyed property and stole a starship with a baby on board? (laughs) Do I look like someone who could have a baby? Who would want a baby? Who could take care and keep alive a baby for longer than a second? No. Why would I steal a starship with a baby on board, sir? I don't know. Well, neither do I. So moving on, traveled with Mr. Alice Cushine. If you have any interest in vetting the story, you're welcome to go to, which I'm sure you don't, but um, Arsenu's Tea Shop in... In where? Where? Asmaria. They could vet for who Ray Byrne is. I don't know that they would tell you the best story, but I'm just trying to give you accurate details on who I am. Not that you care. You could contact Mr. Artixis Albane. You could go connect with Tauntaun. All these people could give you reference to who I am. Although, sir, I'm confident you won't go vet that. So... It looks like I'll be working off my time here. Based off your charisma, your confidence in this, go ahead and just make a straight charisma roll. That's a one. I'm going to use a luck point for that. And a natural 20 minus three. Natural 20 Oh, I like this. (laughs) Mr. Sailorwood leans on the desk. And there's a small smile that comes up on his face. He's watching you talk. And he says, I do like someone with confidence. Yes, I do. You should probably get acquainted with your lodgings. Ray, Teresa, which name you pick does not matter. Unfortunately, if it were up to me, oh... My guards and all the people that worked here would call you by your name, but you understand it's it's guild operating standard that, well, that you are now number 65. But should our paths cross again, you will always be Ray or Teresa to me. And in fact, you know, it's not often to find youth. Especially one of the gentler, the fairer sex. 
in our midst. Let's just say you've struck quite a chord with me. Mr. Hodoki? Perhaps we can talk again later. Are you implying that something more may happen than me getting off this godforsaken planet? It's an asteroid. Asteroid. And, oh, I would never be so forthright, but since you're being quite forthright, I would... I will say that, yes, you have made quite, quite a impact on me. I do love a strong personality. Yes. Then I'll make a bigger impact later, sir. Oh. And I give him a very evil smile. Wonderful. Wonderful. Nice well. to meet you. And I raise up my hand cuffs to shake his hand. He... To shake it? Yeah, he, he goes to shake your hand. Ray squeezes his hand so tight and refuses to let go. Go ahead and make a athletics roll versus he's gonna make an athletics roll as well versus his. Natural twenty <laughs> He starts to squeeze back, putting his other hand on the outside of yours, and his face kind of like purples a little bit. You see the mustaches almost kind of stand on in like a cat's <laughs> There's a pop. Chill, let's go. He pulls back and he falls onto the ground. Get her out of here. Very nice to meet you, Mr. Hadoki. I want you to go ahead and make a sleight of hand. That's an 11. As you walk away in your hand, you see that you have managed to pull off one of his rings. It is a silver fasten on the bottom, and then the top is kind of this yellow topaz with a, a grouping of diamonds that create like a half halo around the top. You tuck that into your hands as you are escorted away. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> that was a great intro. Ground transport takes you out of the compound and some amount of kilometers away to a small town. This town is surrounded by a set of gates. It's either, it it is all like cement walls that rise about eight feet tall. There's about every 20 feet kind of like a watchtower that's been set up. And on the inside, the interior there are all of the buildings minus like the the center of this space all of the buildings are like these long road barracks the center of the space has 
what looks to be a set of series of buildings and you can see this seems to function as the the port of commerce for this little town and as you are pushed out of the vehicle your cuffs are taken off one of the guard one of the guards tells you enjoy your time in pleasantville ma'am doesn't look very pleasant yeah well that's because it really it's really what you make of it ma'am you know the rules go you treat others with respect you'll be treated with respect especially our staff and uh work is through the week weekends you'll have off begins early 0400 and you will be getting off at 1500 most days till next time ma'am sir to clarify really quick you call this a town is it a prison well there's a couple different colonies on here ma'am this one specifically is for the uh, indentured servants and also the prisoners now there are those who do come here and they work and they get paid handsomely by the guild they uh, uh those ones willingly you know allow the guild to program so that they can't talk about anything that's been seen here like but for you is that like the eggs the what the eggs being retarded ma'am are you okay you see like legitimate confusion on his face just keep that in mind ask questions Make a persuasion roll. <laughs> Two minus three. Oh, oh, okay, okay, ma'am. And the other guard yells out and says, Hey, come on, dude. We're missing the card game. One more quick question. He's halfway in the, in the, in the vehicle. Do you have uh, a map of the town? No, what you see is what you get. It, okay. It's not very big, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, when I say that this is like a, a town, we're talking three rows. It's all neatly built, and it's about 15 buildings deep on each one. Home sweet home. Home sweet home is right. Nothing is paved here. It's muddy. It's messy other than what's in the buildings. You begin kind of wandering around, and there is indeed some sort of a, a, a life about the town. Though... Everything seems to be kind of in its own cliques. Groups of people seem to be with certain groups of people. And many of them just kind of look at you and turn their backs. Do I have an address where my home is? Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) what a weird scenario. Um, you, sir... You with the beard? No. Nah. What, what, what? You see that this is a bearded half-orc who looks at you. And he, he's, he's sitting there with a few other half-orcs and he says, Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bother you. You seem quite... You don't mean to bother me by asking me a question? Yeah. Do you have a moment? Or am I just so inconvenient you can't talk to me? I can talk to someone else. I sure do, but you better not be caught talking to me for too long. Okay, what was your name? Don't matter. Okay, don't matter. Nice to meet you. I'm Ray. 
Um, I was curious if you could tell me what to do in this town or where to go. I'm new here. Not really good at making friends. Don't really want to be here. Don't really want to know your name. So don't matter too much for me. <laughs> oh, okay. It works something like this. You're going to go and you're going to go find your home. You're going to set up in there and you're going to hope you make friends with the right people. I'm going to clue you in on this. I'm a half orc. You're human. We don't get along. You stay here long enough and your kind's going to think that you're talking with the enemy. And then you're going to get jumped. Well, that wouldn't be the first time, but... But I'll walk away now. Nice to meet you, don't matter. Hey, you! Over there, with the gray hair. You look like you've been here for a while. Can I ask you a few questions? Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. Then a 12. Hey! 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 Um, sir, ma'am. Uh, sir, it's good enough for you. Okay, sir, good enough for you. Um, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? <laughs> okay, nice to meet you. Know what you're saying? <laughs> talking about a good ear. Talk okay, about a good ear. bye. <laughs> okay, and Ray's running off. <laughs> he looked genuinely confused, <laughs> like he was trying to help you. <laughs> Um, Ray's gonna try to find someone who looks young, human, willing to talk. Open body language. Make investigation roll. 17. As you're moving from the peripheries more inward, it seems that the way that it's been arranged is that more of the criminals have been set on the outside of Mm. of the town. And as you go in further closer to the heart and to where that center building is with what you realize is trade and commerce from off world where they can people can spend their money and goods but also is the place for mess hall and all those sorts of things it's in that area and that hustle bustle of vendors brave enough to come here and hawk their goods and yelling that you you see a uh, you see a woman about similar age kind of just sitting there and her arms are they're open and she's leaning up against a stand you know at first, you thought maybe she was just hanging out there, you, but you realize she's a, a a vendor of produce, and it seems like she has quite the supply of watermelons. Perfect. Hi, ma'am. Hmm. What, what was your name? I I had someone tell me your watermelons were pretty good. Yeah, I mean best best watermelons here on this side of the asteroid. The only ones. Well, that's uh, that's a quite a, a bonus, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can call me Casparilla. Casparilla, nice, nice to meet you. And Ray puts out a hand. That was good to meet you. Where, where are you from, Casparilla? Well, I once lived on Indul, but 
that kind of changed recently. So I've been kind of floating around from place to place, picked up some farming. Uh, and, you know, I've been kind of turning my hand, living a bit as a uh, space rover here, selling my goods, you know, here and there. I mean, honestly, they're pretty good, though. These ones have been freeze-dried for a couple months now. I'm really sorry about what happened on Endul. I'm, I'm really familiar with what happened. Yeah, shit happens. Sounds like you're very resilient. Well, you don't get around much in this universe as a, uh, as a woman by not being resilient. Amen to that, Casparella. <laughs> a woman to that. A woman to that. And Ray is like, hands in the air. She's excited. Um, how often do you come here? Oh, you know, I, I'm probably gonna come here another two times. Okay. So, before, but then I'm going to move on. Okay. So, you know, you better buy them while they're hot. Yeah, or cold, because watermelons are supposed to be cold. Yeah, well, okay. Or room yeah, temperature if they're dry. It's an idiom, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't do well with not clear language. Um, do you need help? Like, can I work for you well, on my off days? Um, I can't, I, I didn't necessarily have anything that was needed. What are you proposing? I don't know, like, if you need help selling or transporting or if you need support in getting the word out there about your business or... You see, the beauty of being the only watermelon seller in the area is, uh, you know, you don't really have to do much marketing. Uh, hmm. And it's kind of strange. I can kind of run this myself and definitely can't let you transport things around, but... Tell you what, you can hang out with me while I'm selling. That would be great, Casparella. Sure, no problem. Wait. I don't normally ask. I don't want to know too much about what people have done or not done, and I know that... With the triumvirate gone and all, sometimes this, uh, justice has not been quite fair without their enforcement. But, uh, you haven't hurt children, have you? No. I've been a child who's been hurt, but never have I hurt children. Good, good enough for me. Would you mind just listening to what's happened to me and tell me if I'm crazy? Sure, I'm going to be selling watermelons. Won't be paying attention half the time, but I will listen to the best that I can. I'm just going to do it with her. I'm going to, like, yell about the watermelon and just jump into it. At one point, people are starting to form a line that bends around you and goes to Casparella and Casparella finally says okay <laughs> you're not very good at this you're making my customers go green in the face and you're probably making enemies along the way if you live here so why don't you pipe down and I'll listen to your story once we're done okay okay but I'm gonna watch and take notes and learn how to do what you're doing okay okay the day goes on. There's a small conversation between you and her, and in some of the off moments, she hears a little bit of your story. She she 
tells you that her her father actually had the dream of starting a farm in a in a starship and then flying that around to different communities and so she's finally living that out and that with everything that happened in Enduel that gave her the opportunity to pick up and begin again and so that's what she's doing now and you guys have this good rapport back and forth a lot of times she kind of raises an eyebrow at you and is a bit confused not sure how to take your story as it comes and goes but as the day begins to wind down there is one last customer who comes thumping down the way. You see a large loxodon, gray skin. You can you can tell just by the eyes that this is a this is a female loxodon. There's a small patch of like hair that comes out of the ears and eyes that are a deep velvety purple. One tusk is broken, the other one is a little long, and on her shoulder sits a gray. The gray is not clothed like most grays would be. It is more bluish of skin, and you can see the veins just kind of vaguely on the outsides of the body. Two bulbous eyes. Ah, Amira, there you are! And Bilgore, the wretched! Good to see you two. Have you come for the last of the watermelons? And, uh, and Amira says, Oh, yes. Yes, we have. It's been a long day. You wouldn't believe it, Casparilla. The things that we've had to work through. It certainly has built up a mighty thirst. Well, I've been saving a couple just for you. I'd be much obliged, and so will Bill Gore. The gray just kind of like raises a hand and signs its fingers. You don't speak Grisillian at all. No. So it's just a strange sign language. Casparilla signs back to him. Just as you wanted. Yes. Well, I'll make sure that you get it in liquid form. And she sets about grabbing this giant, what looks like a farm winning watermelon and handing it up to Amira. And then also she takes a hammer and bashes in one of the watermelons as she accepts their payment, which are these like little wooden chit tokens. And she then slushes up the juices, hands it up to Bilgore the Wretched. And Bilgore just, because it has no mouth, dumps the liquid onto its body and begins to drink in the liquid through the pores on its skin. Mira looks down and... Oh, have you found yourself an assistant? Oh, no, no, no. This is... Actually, this is perfect. This... This is Ray. Ray, this are... These are probably two of the... Uh, biggest outcasts. It's true. But the friendliest faces that you will meet here. This is Amira, and this is Bill Gore the Wretched. Ray's eyes are huge, looking at a Loxodon, because she's really only ever heard of McKenna. And so she looks at her, oh my god, you're, Loxodon's, you're actually huge? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't get smaller as you get older. And I have to ask you. Do you, do you know the name McKenna Ali? 
McKenna. Wait, 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 wait. I think... I think I've actually heard her referred to as... It's... It's the moon maker. Amira's eyes, as she was searching, widened. She goes, Oh, yes, the moon maker. The terrorist, you mean? I think she was the terrorist, and then she was a savior, and then she saved my brother, and then he died. Well, then in the end... All wrongs are righted. You can't live by being always holding people uh, in contempt, can you? If she died a savior, then that is by far a greater legacy than her her crimes. I I think. Hmm. Maybe you could tell me more about that. Who her? Yeah. Oh, what a Loxodons don't know each other like that. I mean, sure, if we were family, but it's like if you, if I asked you, have you heard of so-and-so the human? Chances are you might know a Jeff, but do you actually know Jeff? Maybe. Well, I've heard of a moonmaker, but I don't necessarily know a moonmaker. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just got excited because, you know, well, my brother and... Anyways, um, can I join you in eating your watermelon? I'll, I'll buy my own. You don't have any money. And I awkwardly am like, or, or I'll just talk. Her trunk as she fishes into her pocket and then pulls it out almost snake-like and rolls out another token. This should get you one. I'll pay you back. I will. No need. I'll, I'll pay you back. No need. Here you go. And she... Thank you for being so friendly, Casparilla. This has been a shocking day, to say the least. And Yes, well, spread the word about Casparilla's watermelons. I will. I really will. And she looks up. As the sun is really starting to set, and she says, Well, I'm. it's time for me to close up shop, and then... Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not staying here. Well, I look forward to seeing you next time you come around. Yep. I'll see you then. All right. And she begins packing up, as many of the other vendors are. So, Amira, um, wait. Is she in the truck? Amira? No. Casparella. Yes, she has, like, a vehicle. And keep in mind, all of this is within sight of the peripheries. And then what she would do is she would drive it to a set of, like, checkpoints to go through each one. Okay. So, Amira, how'd you get in this hellhole? Oh, it's an interesting story, don't you know? I, it's hard to believe, probably given my age, and, well, I'm sure you've heard about how gentle Loxidons are. But, uh, well... I have a bit of a uh, gambling problem, and let's just say I was cheated, and I didn't quite like that, so I beat the one who did it within an inch of his life. Well, I might have done the same. 
Yes, but it's... It's not the way. The way? The way. What's the way? It's a... It's a path by which one should conduct their life and live. I think Clive talked about this. Clive? Oh, it's like a Jeff. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never met a Clive either. Yeah, sorry. Oh. How, how old are you? Me? I am getting up there. I think that this year I'll be turning 642. Wow. You're old. How long are you supposed to be here? 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 Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I, 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 I don't have to be here. I choose to be here. I could leave any time I wanted. Why do you choose to be here? Oh, for this young chap. And she reaches up and pats Bilgore the Wretched on the head. And Bilgore, like, lovingly kind of, like, nudges its head into hers. I promised his folks I'd watch out for him. And he went and got himself in trouble. And so, until he works off his debt, I will stay by his side and help him out. How much time does he have left? And Bilgore, why are you in here? Bilgore looks at you. As he then signs to you with his fingers that pop and click. Um, Amir, can you translate? Oh, I will try my best, but uh, uh, the greys speak in more like metaphors. Uh, I believe that what he's saying is he's here until the chickens fly. Um, can you put a day to that? Yes, I believe the chickens fly somewhere between ten feet and never. Oh, so forever. Yes, but that's his uh, sarcastic way of saying that he will get it done. It's just a very long time. Oh. What if we could get out early, Bill Gore? Bill Gore kind of cocks its head like it's listening. Oh, it's just a what-if scenario. Would you be interested? Make a persuasion roll. Nine. Oh, that's a very wise decision, Bill Gore. Though, of course, it's your your decision. He says that I would be disappointed if he got caught and then had to spend more time. I don't think getting caught would happen. Well, just think through it. No decision needs to be made right now. Although I do want to share some interesting news that I learned. You guys seem like you might be interested. No. You know the work being done down there? Down out in the yards? Yeah. Oh, yes. How can we forget? We we work it quite frequently. So it's... It's ruining the lives of people, not just the people who are here. And it's also, it's, they're taking eggs from dragonborns and retarding them and creating dragons that way. It's, it's awful. It's horrible. Oh, you mean, you mean, you mean the sickness yeah, the one that turned elves into into partial dragonborns. 
No, no, not just elves, anything. Anything? It's like a mutation. Is it affecting you? Oh, I'm sure. But then again, I can hardly remember where I left my crochet hooks these days. Hmm. Bill Gore, what, what do you think? Thinks on it long and signs to you, and she says, He wants to know what's a dragon. The ships, you mean? Yeah, the ships. Those, yeah. Are, those are former dragon eggs. Drag? Like as in the legends? Yes. Make another persuasion roll. Seven. Oh. And I thought I had too much Kool-Aid today. Tell you what. You're new here from our conversations. Why don't you come spend the night at our bunk? As of lately, no one wants to live with us. They, we're a bit of an outcast and we could always use, use more people in our family. Okay. I'll, I'll show you, though. I'll show you that I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm sure you will, but uh, after my nap, you will. And then Bill Gore slides down, reaches a hand out to you. And he only stands, you know, about two and a half feet. Bill Gore, what got you in here? Bill Gore, the wretched. And I, like, give him a confused look. Signs and... Oh, it's nothing that he did, but more what his grandfather did. His grandfather owed quite the debt. And it would affect his family immediately, but Bilogor the Wretched took it on for himself. Wow. Yes, he's something of a uh, hero. How'd you get the name Wretched at the end of Bilgor? For the first time, you finally catch a little bit of emotion as the eyes kind of like go up a little bit and like the crinkles of, of like a smile. Oh... You'll just have to find out about that one someday. Okay. But as you walk with us, you can be assured no one will bully you. Uh, But neither will they help you either. Well, I guess that's a start. And uh, she and Bilgore, who is still waiting to see if you'll take his hand. Ray cautiously takes his hand. Three long fingers, like, with an extra joint, wrap around your hand. The fingers on the end have, like, little, like, holes in them. And you immediately feel like you're grasping a fish. And it begins to to lead you. back to a barrack that looks exactly the same as others but within as you go in it is it looks like a cabin out of like a camping hollow vid it's got like a single fireplace everything is made of wood it's rather quaint 
and Amira fusses about, and she finally says, Oh, we don't have another bed, but sure, I'm sure someone of your size will make do here. And she lays out a blanket by the fire, like a, you would for a dog, and sets out the pillows and everything. And they they make you dinner from their rations that they've earned. This is so nice of you guys. Thank, thank you. Oh, think nothing of it. You're going to need your rest before we get to work tomorrow. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah sleep good, Miss Ray. Thanks. And Ray gets, like, an awkward smile. not you that wakes up in the middle of the night first it's not you that hears the footsteps on the wood just and the hushed voices that say yeah they saw her going here where is she the boss wants her taken out but it is you that wakes up when you feel Bill Gore the Wretched's hand on your mouth covering it and shaking you awake with a single finger to its face as it slowly points to the huddle shapes making their way into the room. And with that, I think that we'll call that an episode, and we'll see what happens next time. It's because I'm speaking up. Maybe. May the odds be ever in my favor. May they be. But until then... We'll see you next time. See you later, spacers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. We hope this show brings you as much joy as it does for us to craft it. Significant effort on the order of 10 to 30 hours of editing goes into each episode, and though it is something we will do regardless, any support goes a long ways. If you would like to support the show, here are a few tangible ways in which you can. Rating it 5 stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser helps grow the show and allows us to broaden the audience to spacers who don't know their fans yet. Sharing it with friends or family does the same, and if you wish to donate to help keep our running costs low, you can do so at Coffee in the links below. 
Last, but not least, a simple word of kindness and encouragement to our email below is enough to keep us going no matter what. Have a question or thought that you wish to be aired? Please reach out to us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com or our social media on Instagram at starlight.adventures. Now, until next time, spacers. Spacers.